so grand because shit give me a little bit of a a break uh, a little bit of a rest and i'll be back but for the last few months i've been covering every last damn bit of star wars and uh the saga within that you could fucking shake a stick at uh, i've been covering it for you as we've spent time together, eh, bonded, and counted down to Rogue One, you know, as a group, as, well, as a family. Well, okay, maybe not that far, but you know, you you get me. And with the, the movie, well, by the time you hear this, ah, uh, well... It will have already come out. <laughs> so, that can only mean one damn thing. Because I told you that the end of the road for this season would culminate in one thing and one thing only. So, it's finally time for the farce, I mean, Force Awakens. Through the eyes of a fanboy. Cause. <laughs> shit. This. <sighs> 2015. Continuation. Of the. Uh, space opera epic. <laughs> was. Uh, directed. Co-produced. And even co-written. By J.J. Abrams. Which. Hell, I'm sorry, but that should have been our first warning shot that things might not 
go so damned well. Because, well, <laughs> to really prove my point, let me just uh, take a moment to eh, toss some titles up there for you. Okay. Because, <laughs> uh, let's see here. <laughs> well, for one thing, Gone Fishing. Which, ouch. Any one of the Mission Impossible movies. Super 8. And last but not least, Taking Care of Business. These are all movies that J.J. either directed, <laughs> produced, or uh, wrote for. So, these all served as eh, little, little stop signs, or at, at least <laughs> uh, yield signs. Because uh, these alone should have been enough to say, Danger, Will Robinson, danger! And make us think twice about what we were doing. But no. We were so damned giddy and hard up and just oh, ecstatic that we were getting another Star Wars. And this time, it would be better than Phantom Menace, which, let's face it, that's uh, kind of setting the bar low, but whatever. This movie also marks the first Disney-fied Star Wars, and the first not to be produced by franchise creator. George Lucas. So, you know, when really, when news started to break about this movie, hell, you know me. You, you know I'm pretty damn jaded. And even I, of all people, had hopes that this movie wouldn't suck ass. But, soon, soon enough, those hopes were dismantled, demolished. And, and I couldn't do a damn thing about it. Because by the time, uh, you know, usually, uh, I'm a pretty good judge of uh, character and, and character development. But by the time I even saw the writing on the wall, it was too fucking late. Because, well, the news didn't break about, and I didn't see the words, <laughs> eh, planet-sized weapon, <laughs> in, in any of the spoilers or any of the rumors. 
until well into production. And as much as I rag on, uh, well, especially Harrison, but any of the work that any of the original cast has put out in oh, about the last, oh, I'd say, 20 years or so, even I can still say that when I heard that Han, Leia, and Luke were coming back, yeah, yeah, I, I, I didn't get it, I, I didn't understand it, and I thought that it might be unneeded, but there was still, I'll admit, I mean, uh, this season started with me ragging on the movie, and we'll end with it, but I'll, I'll take a moment to, uh, this is a year in the making, but I'll admit that, yeah, there was even just a tiny bit of me that, upon hearing that those three would be back, that I got just so fucking excited. But then, shit, that uh, feeling faded, and uh, soon after that, I realized we were uh, pretty much just going to be forced to bend over and take it. Because, yeah, I, I had <laughs> just a little bit of that hope that Disney wouldn't, uh, at least not right away, Disney-fy things any more than Jar Jar did. And truth be told, surprisingly enough, even now, I mean, uh, this, this episode is dropping on the day that Rogue One premieres. And even now, even this late in the game, they haven't given me anything at all for me to uh, be extremely leery about. For once, they've actually, I don't know, kept my spirits and my hopes for this movie uh, pretty high. Which really only means that uh, once I finally see the fucker <laughs> after the crowds disperse a little bit in a, about a two or three days, I'm hoping. There's farther to fall. Right on my ass. Just like this movie's probably gonna do. Right on its ass. So. But, Force Awakens. Oh, uh, the movie itself is set about 30 years after Return of the Jedi, as it follows a trio of wannabe heroes, go figure, as they search for Luke Skywalker, but well, let's, let's just, enough of this shit, cause I bring to you The Force Awakens through the eyes of a fanboy. And right off the bat, <laughs> I'd just like to 
express my surprise with this movie. And not in a good way, because when word got around that <laughs> there would be homages and uh, things of that nature uh, to <laughs> the uh, older films, I expected, you know, uh, a few little Easter eggs, just <laughs> here and there. I didn't expect it to be... Uh, you know, they, they said that it was going to be everything Star Wars. But I didn't think that they were going to use everything that was Star Wars. In almost <laughs> the same damn fashion and the same damned order and just the same damned everything. Because this movie, well, you know... Yeah, it starts off the same way as every other Star Wars movie uh, has ever started. With the always iconic scrolling text. And, as I mentioned in my first episode ever, uh, the very first sentence and the whole damned thing is, Luke Skywalker has vanished. Which I know I sort of ripped into before, but as much as I hate to say it, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of things, a lot of movies in my lifetime that I hated initially. And uh, that that damn thing and so many things in my life, uh, especially cinematically, have grown on me over time. I mean, especially in this case, I've I've really actually come to appreciate the movie, at least in some ways. You know, maybe not like it, but appreciate it. I mean, the same can be said for a lot of things Marvel. I... I may not like them. <laughs> In fact, there's no maybe about it. I, I don't like them. But I can at least appreciate them for what they are. <laughs> Even if what they are is uh, just horribly shitty. But like I said, hell, I, I may even come so close as to saying that yeah, in this one case, well, you know, never, never mind, I can't, I can't. I was gonna say that maybe in this one case that you could go so far as to say that if I was drunk enough, I might like it, but no, no, just, just, no. You, I, 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 I can't do it with a straight face. I just can't. Because, uh, I... Even if I did kind of like it, even just a tiny bit. <laughs> uh, I, when you compare <laughs> how much I like it <laughs> to how much I hated it when I first spoke of it, really, <laughs> you're just breaking even, you know? I mean, so you, you, you can't really say that I like it. You can just say that I like it more than I did, which 
that's, again, setting the bar so low. So low? Yeah, but whatever. Anyway, the, the opening message goes on to fill you in on things like eh, the First Order and, you know, things like that, which, let's face it, those guys are basically just the zero-calorie empire, you know? They're like the Crystal Pepsi of the empire. And, uh, you know, they, they will not rest until they find and kill Luke, which... You know, at least we've got that going for us. So I hope they have some fucking intergalactic coffee on board, because eh, it's going to take a while for them to get to that point. But they're not the only ones looking for his hermit ass. Because his sister, Princess, uh, <laughs> I mean, General Leia Organa, the leader of the Resistance, which I, I thought they were called the Rebels, but, eh, whatever. But, yeah, the leader of the Resistance has also sent at least one of her best pilots out and about to try and find him, which seems like a damned stupid tactical move to send him running errands alone while the First Order is looking for any and everyone involved in the resistance, you know? Because <laughs> you send your best damn pilot <laughs> looking for the same guy that the resistance is after. So, you know, you gotta imagine that she's kind of rolling the dice and uh, just praying that uh, the chances of them finding both... Uh, this pilot and Luke, only seconds after Luke gets found by the pilot, those chances aren't exactly as, as big and as strong and powerful as they probably are. And, and they are. But nonetheless, there he is, Poe fucking Dameron. Out there all by his lonesome. On a planet named Jakku. And he's uh, shooting the shit with <laughs> Lor Santeca. Played by Max von Sadow. Who is described only as an old ally of the generals. Who she and her brother seemed to trust enough to leave in the possession of the last piece of a... Oh, God. I cringe every time I say these words, but a treasure map that leads to Luke. Which, it's basically the equivalent of uh, that little map in the food court of uh, any mall that's ever been built that says, You are here. Well... If you were here, I guess Luke would probably be somewhere near J.C. Penney's. Or whatever. I, You know, it's just so damned ridiculous. Because I mean, even though he's never 
fucking mentioned in any of the damned originals. <laughs> eh, this Lorsanteca <laughs> must have been a very strong ally to have been left in possession of such critical and valuable information. But that meeting that they're having, uh, you know, Santeca and Poe, eh, that's not about to last. Because I'll be damned, wouldn't you know it? <laughs> eh, just like I suspected, <laughs> here comes the damned First Order. Which is not really a shame for us, because as the troopers touch down, the yokels are about to get mowed down in a pretty graphic way. And the camp town is just about to get lit up like a damned life day tree. So, ain't it cool? <laughs> I guess. But then, <laughs> the hero within our hero <laughs> uh, sort of stops him from uh, tucking tail and uh, running like a scared little bitch. And he gives this piece of <laughs> whatever the fuck it is that uh, Tekka just gave him to that cute little soccer ball droid of his that uh, is right alongside him. So, again, that seems uh, sort of reckless. But as the droid then proceeds to blow town, Dameron tries to play knight in shining armor or eh, some such shit. And he gets in an X-Wing or some fuckery and he tries to use its blasters to... Take out at least a few uh, stormtroopers, which seems like a bit of overkill. But he's about to get a receipt for that shit, because before he can get his ship off the ground, well, hell, the whole damned thing is foiled by a few of those same damn stormtroopers. So he's about uh, as good a shot as... <laughs> the stormtroopers were 30 years ago. So, anyway. Uh, that was a short movie. Eh? Oh. There, there's more? Damn it. Thought I was just getting lucky. You know, whatever. Because in the midst of this little slaughter going down all around them, and before... Oh, gets apprehended. Yeah, like I said, he takes out a trooper or two, and one of them goes down like a sack of potatoes, right next to one of his brother's in arms, as he begins to just bleed out everywhere over the man's nice new boots. And apparently... This has a major effect on the trooper that's next to him, watching him just continuously leak that pretty red fluid. But Poe, 
and decides for some reason or another not to try and pop laser in that dude. And shortly after the uh, newly expired trooper smears blood across the helmet of that brother in arms, uh, that buddy old pal old friend of his, <laughs> once he's gone, doesn't waste no damn time in scrambling in almost a moment of epiphany uh, as he realizes, holy fuck, what am I doing here? And while he's walking around in sort of a daze, uh, trying to take cover from, you know, I don't know, I mean, the, the general population doesn't have a pot to piss in, uh, so I don't know why he's trying to hide unless he's uh, afraid of uh, friendly fire. Because uh, the inhabitants of this planet, <laughs> well, like I said, they don't even have the a sci-fi equivalent to a pitchfork. <laughs> and some of the stormtroopers <laughs> would know that he's one of them so, uh, of course, uh, they wouldn't at least try to take him out. But, uh, shit, they just can't hit nothing. So, you know, may maybe he was worried about one of those pricks uh, chaining him. Because, uh, other than that, why try and hide? Uh, who gives a fuck? Because right about here is when a, a much bigger, or at least a much nicer, spaceship touches down. And as the troopers uh, on the ground line up and shuffle the men, women, and children of the camp into a, a long line of their own, out comes a couple more stormtroopers, guarding a dude that... Looks like some sort of Doctor Doom wannabe knockoff. And without further ado, I give you none other than Kylo Ben, I mean Ren. Who uh, doesn't waste uh, so much as a breath before confronting Tekka. <laughs> who then proceeds to piss off the dude with a bunch of cryptic bullshit about Ren's past. And I'm going to guess that he probably <laughs> regrets that move within just a, a good old minute and a half or so. Because in almost no time at all, Kylie Wren slices the old man right down. Damn near down the middle. And in seeing this, <laughs> well, Poe who I almost forgot about, comes out of hiding and tries to take a cheap shot at Kylo Ren and Stimpy. But in an attempt to show us the power that Kai holds within him, Jar Jar Abrams chose to take this moment to have Rennie Freeze uh, not only uh, the beam from Poe Boy's uh, blaster, 
but <laughs> he chose <laughs> to have him freeze uh, Poe himself, making it uh, insanely easy for the stormtroopers to grab the greatest hotshot pilot that uh, the Resistance has to offer. Which, you know, I mean, uh, to give him credit, <laughs> yeah, later in the film, you'll see him doing, well, Maybe not great things behind the wheel of a spaceship, but you'll at least see that uh, when he's up there among the stars, he can do things that uh, even some of the greatest pilots, like Han Solo, could never even think of, because all Han had was... Veering slightly to the left or right, which for some reason seemed to outsmart just about every damned Imperial uh, officer to have ever existed. But anyway, and of course, uh, here's where we get that whole who talks first horse spunk that uh, I mentioned in the first episode. But that's mercifully uh, over fairly quickly, and they drag Poe on board their ship while the remaining citizens are taken uh, right the hell out, uh, right there in the firing line. And, of course, as if uh, he suddenly has uh, a run of good conscience for very little reason. Uh, having been explained at all. That uh, stormtrooper with the blood-smeared helmet that I mentioned from earlier, well, during that firing line, he doesn't fire. So, I mean, these guys are basically bred and trained as cold-blooded killer troops. And yet... One of his BFFs, <laughs> ah, shit, gets killed standing next to him. And suddenly, he's a total fucking pussy. <laughs> I mean, shit. You know, yeah, yeah, you, you find out later that he had never really seen battle before. <laughs> but even so, even if he had to go through the training to uh, get to that point. You gotta imagine that he, he knew what was coming, and he knew what was possible. And yet, uh, for some reason, this all seems like a damned surprise to him, that uh, people will actually fucking die. I don't get it and I may never get it. Uh, if you were to eventually redo this movie, hell, I don't know, make him, I don't know, is, is he the guy's brother? Uh, his best friend, maybe. I, you know, it, it just, <laughs> it just makes no sense. And shit. Is, is this some sort of broke-back Death Star thing going on? I mean, 
No one fucking knows. And no one may ever know. Unless we do something about it. So, yeah. And, uh, the other thing is, well, I went kind of right past this because it just hurts my heart. But can we come up with something other than Luke Skywalker has vanished? And, and the whole treasure map bullshit. I mean, it's just, it's so idiotic that when I think about it, <sighs> my eyes begin to cross and I'm in serious risk of uh, getting a nosebleed or a brain bleed or a ball bleed or uh, just anything internally that could possibly bleed. Well, shit. I, I, I may as well just bleed out right through the asshole. Because I gotta imagine that really... It's probably just as painful as this movie. But then again, when it comes to little things like <laughs> the the bled out stormtrooper, I guess it's kind of trivial. Cause yeah, I doubt that anyone cares. Cause uh, that's uh, about the end of that uh, damn scene, and we really just kind of move on and have more important shit to deal with. So yeah, it, is it trivial in in the grand scheme of things? Sure. Should we still give them some sort of uh, story uh, there, even slightly alluded to, uh, just to make it more interesting when we see the impact that that uh, trooper has on the living one? Yeah, we 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 really should. But anyway. As Poe gets transferred to a bigger ship and uh, the blood-smeared helmet trooper dude has a nervous fucking breakdown. It all sort of gives way to uh, what many consider the Mary Sue of the film. Ray! But not before we get a glimpse of uh, that cutesy little droid looking on at a ginormous explosion caused by Poe's ship getting blown to smithereens. Which really begs the question, after all this time, that little piece of shit only made it that far? You know, I mean, he, he was only that far away from the uh, action? I mean, that damn little rolling piece of crap <laughs> had a good few minutes, you know? <laughs> I mean, and, and this is a droid who can probably go, well, I gotta imagine, pretty damn quickly compared to humans. So, instead of just being over the mountain and through the woods... He should have at least been, I'd say, a good mile and a half, two miles away. Because, I mean, he's supposed to be getting as far away from the First Order as possible. And yet, in all that damn time, he still made it about only as far and 
eh, still close enough to have seen such a boomy boom boom. You know, but fuck, I don't have it in me to try and nitpick that fucker. Because, as I said, we're dealing with Ray for all of about a nanosecond. As we get just about enough of her to know that she's a scavenger in a run-down pile of shit town. Which, while filled with a great deal of practical puppetry that made the heart of this fanboy sing for the first time in a long time, still makes Welcome Minnesota look like a damned booming metropolis as she tries to sell her loot for some food to eh, what might have been Earthworm Jim's uh, fat bastard of a brother or some shit. But before we can get too tired of her, which wouldn't really have taken much longer than we were given, after she and that little tiny pissant of a droid from a second ago serendipitously cross paths as he interrupts her meal of some sort of moldy-looking bread. Well, about that time, we get swept away to Poe, looking a little worse for wear, and getting interrogated by uh, the man himself, Kai Lowrider Wren, who quickly tires of Poe's uh, fun and games, and soon extracts the location of the map that he's looking for, which, you know, as we all know, is back on Jakku. And before we can really have fun with that, we run on back to Ray, who turns down what is probably about a month's worth of food for some show of loyalty towards the droid that uh, she only just fucking met. And again, before we can really question that sort of illogical logic, we see that uh, pansy ass of a stormtrooper helping Poe to blow that popsicle stand in a move that I gotta imagine leaves Poe to just kind of feel like Dude, you couldn't have gotten here, like, I don't know, 20 minutes earlier? Fuck. <laughs> oh, my head. Yeah, so, whatever. And, of course, wouldn't you know it, as we finally get a name for the trooper, after Poe decides that his call sign is just too damned complicated to ever ever bothered to remember. We now have Poe, Ray, and now Finn. So, Falatido. If you don't get that joke, uh, piss off. But uh, we now have Finn. So, yippee fucking yay. And so now, uh, they were 
on Jakku a few minutes ago, and raise on Jakku, and that little droid's down there too. So, as the ship that they're on and in gets blasted by the ship that they just tried to escape from, where do you think they're headed? Where do you think they're going? Don't they know it's cold outside? Where do you think they're going? Don't they care about our pride? Huh? No, they don't, because they, they only care about the money. And really, if they didn't land, uh, if they didn't crash land at least, right back there on Jakku with Ray and that damn droid, the movie would be over and their money would pretty much be gone. So, of course, that's where we're headed, people. Lucky us. So, yeah. But Finn, well, eh, yeah, we're headed that way, but he's not exactly thrilled about it. And he makes that known the moment that Poe clues him in on where exactly he's headed so that he can retrieve his little rolling buddy, who we now know is carrying that map to Luke, or at least part of it. And... Finn, as I said, none too happy about it, my friends. Uh, you know, he's really just pretty pissed that he's headed back to that little hellhole of a planet. You know, but screw him, because that's where they and we are going. Right about, oh, shit, uh, now. And as they crash to the surface, Finn wakes up possibly several minutes or even hours later. No one really knows. And not only is he alone, and we're all led to believe right there with him that the dude that suckered him into going back there is dead. So, uh, we're all uh, led to assume that, yeah, he, he's pretty much stranded there on Jakku, on a planet that he really didn't want to go to in the first place. But First Order, well, they couldn't have been more than uh, five to, shit, I don't know, ten minutes behind? <laughs> well, <laughs> now, not only have the First Order not found either of them quite yet, even though you gotta assume that their damn ship probably has some sort of anti-theft tracking on it. Why wouldn't it? But, yeah, even though they were minutes away and uh, that, that ship that uh, Poe and Finn just hijacked uh, probably had such a uh, technology. They haven't found the ship or Finn at all. So he's, he's uh, got that going for him. And uh, as Ren and what I think might be his second-in-command spar back and forth... <laughs> 
they're wasting time, because they're not even on the fucking planet yet, and they're really just talking about being on the planet. Someone get on the damn planet and find Finn, okay? You know, it just makes no damn sense. But it's fine by us, because it gives Finn uh, just enough time to uh, find a trough and uh, sip on a little bit of, uh, well, shit. That's probably more slobber and spittle than uh, water by now. And it gives us <laughs> time for he and Ray to become sort of unceremoniously acquainted as she accuses him of stealing Poe's jacket. And he bold-faced lies to her about being part of the resistance. And even though she can understand the droid, that little droid pulls out his own little taser and shocks the shit out of Finn's leg. But for some reason or another, doesn't give Finn up, you know, and doesn't let uh, Ray in on the fact that eh, FN21 whatever the fuck is completely full of shit. And now we finally find out the droid's name. BB-8. Or at least I think we do. Poe may have mentioned it before. I'm not going to lie. But as I really didn't give a fuck then, <laughs> and uh, still really, at least to that end, don't today, I can't be 100% sure. <laughs> but even now, who gives a fuck? Because in no time at all, uh, Finn, Ray, and BB-8... <laughs> are running from a few TIE Fighters as they head for a, a quad jumper that soon gets blown up. And uh, they reverse course and <laughs> head for a ship that Ray refers to as garbage. And as they head towards the garbage, we all begin to see that said garbage is really the Millennium Falcon. And we all sort of want to just slap her right across the face and wash Ray's dirty mouth out with soap for calling that ship garbage, you know? Hell, we just want to take one of those poles that are holding the tents up and just... <laughs> Go ham right across her skull. But we resist. And uh, they get into the Falcon just in time. Because as they take off, and we all see that Ray, who we later get the feeling hasn't ever been off Jakku, can suddenly pilot a ship that... Hasn't been flowing in years. Well, the chase is on. As our new and not-so-dynamic duo tries to take out the ships that are currently pursuing them. 
before ultimately making way to outer space. And once there, you'd think that with the First Order just a damned sneeze away from the planet, that they'd want to get the fuck out of Dodge. But instead, they spend way too much time going back and forth and trying to fix something within the ship. And as if the Order wouldn't have noticed a ship as famous as the damned Falcon, they take some time to make small talk and fix some sort of damned leak or some such nonsense. And, you know, now, now that I think about it, uh, if the Falcon, which has such strong ties to Han Solo, is on Jakku, and Kylo was on Jakku, uh, how come <laughs> that little force user uh, didn't sense the damn ship? But I hope that uh, they don't take too long, because right about this time is when some poor bastard has to break the news to Ren that the droid he's looking for, as well as the traitor and some other little gal, <laughs> all seemed to have evaded capture from his grasp. And from the looks of it, Ren's uh, not so happy about that. But who can really blame him? But eh, the next thing that I would change, you know, the next thing I would do when remaking this fucker is at moments like this, when Ren lashes out, don't make him seem a tad bit short bus, okay? By having him violently lash out in, in such a theatrical and over-the-board type of manner. No, just, just don't. <laughs> Instead, yeah, have him take out the lightsaber and... And just have him hack away at the control panel uh, just, just the once. Then have him turn to the SOB that gave him the news. And have him, shit, either kill or maim that silly little fucker with the force. You know, not just choking him. But... <laughs> I mean, doing serious damage, okay? That would have uh, put more fear in me than what they gave us when it comes to good old uh, Kylo. But maybe that's just me. And if it is, well, so be it, because I'm the one doing this uh, episode. I'm the one behind the mic. I'm the one uh, reviewing everything you missed. And I'm the one trying to fix the damn thing. So, unless you tweet me uh, some suggestions of your own, eh, just sit there and uh, look pretty. You know, but yeah, tweet me at uh, 
Fickle Fanboy RPM. And let me know what you think about uh, any of the suggestions that I make, or hell, even suggestions that I don't make that you think would serve this movie well. You know, things that you agree with, things that you don't agree with, things that I overlooked. Just bring it on. But more on that later, because right now, we quickly get back to Ray and Finn, still trying to fix the ship's motivator as whatever the fuck that is. As uh, Ray is trying to get Finn to tell her where the Resistance's base is. And Finn is trying to get BB-8 to tell her where it is. Because he's got no damned clue whatsoever. Because I think we've already established that he's so full of shit that uh, his eyes are brown. Although there may be another reason that his eyes are brown. But eh, for, for the purposes of this episode, <laughs> there isn't. But about the time that they fix <laughs> that shit, suddenly the whole damn thing ends up in some sort of glowing red tractor beam or some such bullcrap. And... Eh, they begin to realize that the Falcon is in grave danger of being boarded by individuals that they now believe to be with the First Order. As the two twenty-something heroes get their asses right into a cramped little compartment in the floor. When all of a sudden, the door opens... And in walks, well, I can't tell if that's Harrison Ford or <laughs> Judy Dench, but yeah, in walks Han Solo, <sighs> and eh, with him is Chew Fucking Baka, bitches. <laughs> okay, that was really bad, <laughs> uh, but I I still don't apologize for it, but. That was, that was bad. And I know, well, I've already said so, but again, I, I will emphatically state, for the record, that while I felt this movie wasn't worth a, a damned paper that the tickets sold to it were printed on, as Harrison delivers his first line of the movie, I'm not afraid to admit it, but I teared right the fuck up, okay? I did, and I still do to some extent every time I hear that damn line. And anyone who says that they haven't done so at least once while hearing that line is either lying or just damned heartless. So, either way, eh, they can kiss my ass, alright? Because as the iconic duo finds the young stowaways in short order upon their arrival, well, on with the movie, damn it all. Because 
they tell Han where they got the ship and <laughs> soon come to realize that they're on board the legendary Falcon in front of the just as legendary General Solo from the Rebellion. And just about the time that Han tires of them already and wants to toss them in a pod and pawn them off on someone else. They tell him just exactly what their little buddy is carrying. A fact that stops his old ass right in his tracks. Tracks that he quickly backtracks when he hears something and suddenly realizes that the Raptors have gotten loose. What are Raptors, you ask? Nobody knows. More than likely, unless you've read the book. Which, you know, I just can't be bothered with, so. Anyway. They make their way towards the source of the noise and come to realize that... No, no, that's, that's not a Raptor. <laughs> but instead... They're being boarded again. So, three times in one day. <laughs> That's one damned slutty ship, you know? But never mind that, because Han's got to talk his way out of getting uh, the snot kicked out of himself <laughs> and that big hairy beast of a bud that he's got standing next to him by not one, <laughs> but two slightly... uh cinematically stereotypical and possibly ethnically stereotypical gangs that he's fucked over apparently in the past and he he does a pretty good job of being able to stall them and talk his way out of things as i said right up until Ray sort of fucks everything up and lets the Rathars loose out of their cages as everyone scatters for some sort of safety. But, I mean, I swear, for a smart gal that's strong as hell in the Force, in fact, just as strong in the Force as she is in the head, Every once in a while, she can be uh, stupid as all holy hell, you know? But, yeah, whatever. Yeah, fuck that shit. Right now, as the chase ensues for a little too long for my taste, I'm just gonna waste a second here and say that while Ford pretty much probably only did it to get a big payday. And while I was hesitant to accept the idea that they'd all be back, as Han and Chewie try to save their own asses and run away, well, we're all sort of reminded of Grandpa Indy in the Crystal Skull. I'm surprisingly glad that uh, he's there. Because he steps 
right back into the role of Han. <laughs> Almost flawlessly. Which, again, took me <laughs> by clear surprise. And as Ray finally uh, repairs her little fuck-up <laughs> and retraps the Rathars in their cages, and giving them and their new friends uh, all time to, you know, get back on board the fucking Falcon. As they all take off, and Ray is slowly getting on the good side of Han, if uh, there is one. While Finn is almost mauled by Chewie in the process of trying to save that giant furball. Enough of that, because right now, they got to make their way to someone who can actually fucking help them. And while they hit the stars running, well, we're back with Ren and the First Order, as we are just now introduced to the First Order's first-in-command, Supreme Leader Snoke. And while there's still just as much question today as uh, to his true identity as there has ever been about uh, that or uh, Ray's parentage, all I can think is, who the fuck cares? I say that a lot about this movie. You know, because, yeah, who the fuck cares about either of those things? Because, I mean, if, if you ask me <laughs> if, if I had anything to do with it, they're doing it bass-ackwards. Because all signs right now point to uh, Snoke having absolutely nothing to do with either of the first two franchise uh, trilogies. And yet, all signs also point to... Ray having some sort of eh, Skywalker or Solo parentage. Maybe even Kenobi. And really, no, 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 no. Don't do that. I think what you need to do, really, is <sighs> reverse that thinking have uh, uh, Ray be just some fucking student of Luke's. No parents, none of that shit. In fact, hell, have her parents be dead. And Snoke, shit, have Snoke be someone from the, uh, the original trilogy or the prequels. Or in my telling, I guess you could just call it the first six movies, because there's not going to be uh, any necessarily originals, you know. The, the original trilogy is going to be the, the last three movies, and the prequels are going to be the first three movies, but they're all going to come out in, in chronological order, so that's going to fuck up the whole original trilogy and uh, prequel label. But, yeah, have Snoke be someone from uh, 
the other six movies. And, and right now, right here, now would have been a good time to reveal Ren as Han's kid, okay? Not before, but now. Or for even more weight to it, during that little moment, uh, here in a moment, but I'll get to that shit. Because in a moment, like I said, yeah, that, that would have been even even a better moment to have mentioned this moment. Got that? Because Ren and Snoke have a little heart-to-heart -heart about the matters at hand and some sort of awakening, which I can only assume is where the title comes from, you know. And just about the time we give uh, two wet sharks, back, back to the Falcon we go. As Finn bumps into a visual throwback to the original trilogy uh, by turning on that damn holographic intergalactic chess game from New Hope. And like I alluded to before, frankly, this whole damn thing is just an absolute callback. Just, I mean, damn near scene for scene to A New Hope. Yeah, yeah, they do have, oh, slight moments where it, it does remind me even more so of the other two movies, uh, you know, Empire and Jedi, than it does of New Hope. But for the most part, it's almost starkingly, painfully obvious that they did nothing more than basically held new hope up to a mirror. But after Ray gets BB to show everyone the map, at long last, we finally get back to on basically filling in the others that everything that they've ever heard about the dark side and the light, the, the Jedi, and all of it. It's, it's all damn true, man. It's true. It's damn true. And Luke went all Herman the Hermit on everyone involved. All because, while training a new generation of Jedi, one of his students, shit, they went bad and turned against Luke and everyone there as he sliced into everyone and everything around them. And while one might ask why Luke took this so personally as to go into hiding for so many years, but enough about that, because eh, they just arrived at their stop. So, time to land this so-called hunk of junk, as Ray continues to droll on about not ever having seen so much green in her life, as 
we all begin to get uh, sort of uncomfortable and <laughs> start to pity the chick before seeing an out and excusing ourselves for a moment as they go to see an old friend of Han's. And, you know, this gives Han a moment to not look at Ray as, as if to say, oh, I'm so sorry. But yeah, it's time for them to meet up with Maz Kanata. So Han gives Ray a blaster and sort of takes a liking to the young lady, even going as far as to blame it on Chewie when he invites her to be on his crew, so as to not reveal that he's sort of soft on her. But as he does that, off we go to Maz. But not before Ray turns him down. And for the second time before this fucker is even halfway through, she mentions her wish to go back on Jakku. Uh, the village that's likely nothing more than a bit of uninhabited rubble at this point. Probably even a mall parking lot. But, uh, yeah, as we all wonder why the hell she would want to go back to that damn junkyard turned <laughs> garbage heap, we're off to see Maz, which... That's like the fourth time I've said that shit, so let's get to her, okay? Because that little orange midget. Because <laughs> eh, that little orange midget, <laughs> who frankly makes uh, Emperor Trump seem pale, and who's got the eyesight of well, Mr. Magoo. You know, she... Uh, may be a wrinkled old lesbo, but, you know, eh, as I look at her, maybe wrinkled old lesbo was sort of uh, harsh on Han, because now that I see him and her next to each other, uh, yeah, I'm pretty convinced that... <laughs> Actually, uh, you know, he's just uh, masculine enough that now that I see him and her next to each other, uh, you know, like I said, I, I, take, I take it all back. Because I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty convinced that if he could pull off an English accent, maybe, just maybe, he's got the look to be able to Go ahead and shit, play Roger Waters. I mean, he'd have to play a Roger that's near his 70s, but yeah. Just saying. But as they enter Maz's watering hole, and as Han turns to them and warns them not to stare at any of what they're about to see, well... As we see, pretty much all there is to see in a scene that's just extremely reminiscent of Mos Eisley.
And as Maz asks where her damned Wookiee boy toy is, and you begin to get images of big old scruffy looking Chewie giving it to a frail old Maz right there in her uh, porthole. Oh, hell. That just hurt my brain. But as that happens, uh, things are about to pick up a little. Because two of the bar's patrons just alerted both the Resistance and the First Order, respectively, of their presence. So, as we soon meet up with Ren, as he talks to the mutated helmet of his dear old grandpappy, in some sort of a poorly written confessional. We're about to get uh, to that little skirmish that I promised uh, only moments ago. You know, that little, that little moment where I promised a moment uh, coming up in a moment. But right now, we eavesdrop for a second on our heroes as they fill Maz in on why they're here. Well, Maz begins to seriously creep the fuck out of Finn, who finally caves as he, he attempts to pretty much just bail on the others in order to get as far away from the First Order as possible. But... As Ray feels some sort of calling to her from the basement of this tiny little alehouse, and soon goes on one hell of an acid trip. When coming into contact with a mysterious lightsaber, well, he won't get far. And once uh, she comes down from her Pretty little funhouse trip. Shit. As she runs into the nearby woods, she won't get far either. Because when the First Order tests out their super weapon after a public address made by General Hux, as he gives a speech that harkens back to just about every damned maniacal dictator that there's ever been throughout history, and takes out a grouping of planets with the flick of a switch. Uh, Ray and Finn uh, become almost instantaneously frozen in fear, which is probably why, uh, at least uh, in Finn's case, he doesn't see Ray run into the nearby woods, all sorts of creeped out by her visions or flashbacks or whatever the hell they were, after she grabbed what she came to find out was actually Luke and Annie's old lightsaber. But I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that, well... At least uh, 
for FN2187. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that, uh, at least in his case, he soon regrets uh, taking that moment to pause and reflect for a moment, seeing as uh, the First Order soon arrives and starts to, oh shit, turn the whole damn place upside down and tear into Kanata's uh, saloon, brick by brick. And before I say much more about this uh, little battle that ensues, going back to the whole super weapon thing, much like I asked for them to do in, uh, well, shit, especially Jedi, but anything other than, hell, New Hope. Can we come up with something more than the whole idea of a, a round planet-shaped and planet-sized super weapon that shoots some sort of laser or beam or whatever the hell right out of, well, I guess, its eye, or you know, the, the eye of the storm, if you will. Because, uh, for here anyway, can we do it for no other reason than that thing has to be putting out so damn much radiation that the whole fucking First Order has got to be completely sterile. And if they're not already, they will be within, I'm gonna say, about a year of the planet being operational. Which, in that case, would make absolutely no fucking sense. Because if they're sterile, unless they can remember the equation that they used for whatever kind of cloning that they did in an attack of the clones, or if you listened to my last episode, I guess you could call it the Clone Wars, but unless they can figure out how to do that shit again, once they become sterile, you know, their, their numbers will dwindle with the generations to come. And, you know, if that happens, well, as long as the resistance can hold out and, and survive those years, it can just wait for many of them to die and then fucking strike. Because if you ask me, just kind of looking at things, really, the uh, 30 years that uh, have gone by, eh, well, if the First Order has been around for most of that, if not all of that, I'm not seeing much that makes me think that they've done any sort of damage, really. So if they're that damned uh, helpless and hopeless and spineless and gutless and uh, just just dog-faced sacks of monkey shit, well, if that's all they are, let's face it, 
resistance has a few years to just kind of kick back and relax. Just an observation. But yeah, as the First Order touches down on Maz's little place of business, or what uh, had been her place of business, and uh, quickly begins to fuck everything that they see <laughs> right the hell up, as uh, they take everyone out as quickly as they fucking can. Uh, as they do that, and as Ren uh, soon follows behind them, and quickly encounters Ray after one of his troopers lets him know that a girl and a droid had been detected in the vast wooded area next door. And we immediately question how fast Ray had really been running this whole damn time, seeing as, again, just like BB 8 in the beginning, ah, oh shit, she hadn't really uh, clearly made it very far and had been able to take a few shots at a stormtrooper or two about the time that the stormtroopers had arrived. So I'd say she was maybe like 50 feet away. Shit. I don't know. Does she smoke or some shit? Are her lungs bad? I mean, I'm kind of worried about her, guys. But yeah, she she obviously <laughs> hadn't really been able to go that far. Because as the stormtroopers are taking out the taproom's clientele, she goes ahead and takes a few of them out too. So luckily for the others, though, even as she gets knocked unconscious by the Force and taken aboard Ren's ship. Eh, fear not, all is not lost, because as he puts her on the ship and tells the stormtroopers around him to pull the division out, and I really just want to go all Gettysburg on his ass and say... But General Lee, I have no division. But the resistance shows up and causes the order to just run ASAP. After giving us just enough time to see Finn and Han and even Chewie get a few shots in. You know, get to see him in action as they all get their moments uh, to take out a few stormtroopers, if for no other reason than just because <laughs> J.J. and the rest of the group knew the fans wanted to see it. So, yeah. And, you know, as, as Han spots uh, Ren from across the way, uh, as I said, here would have been a, a really great time for that whole <laughs> Ren is really Ben Solo thing. But, you know, that that's neither here nor there, because unless we reboot the fucker, uh, that's all just water under the damn bridge of the Enterprise. So, no need to harp on that, I guess. But, yeah, it, it would have been an ideal moment for Han to just <laughs> yell out, 
with his hands still behind his back, possibly. Uh, you know, just yell out, Ben! And for uh, Kylo to take a, a even just a second to look back, you know, he hesitate in some way. But eh, they didn't do it. So, I mean, <laughs> anyway. Yeah, as Han watches Renny Benny <laughs> from afar, that would have been a primo momento for the big reveal. But yeah, the resistance saves the day. And, oh yeah, um, uh, by the way, Poe's alive. A and he's piloting one of the ships. So, whatever. Because if I can just sort of veer off road for a moment... I know I said I hated the re-releases, as they went and altered everything good about the damned originals. But as I see the blaster marks that are left on the dead in this one, well, shit, that's one alteration that I'd allow going forward. But really, you can't call it an alteration, because... Hell, I'm advocating that we just go ahead and restart the whole damn franchise. So, if you <laughs> did one, I'd say every, I'll say two and a half years. If you did one every two and a half years, from one to another to another, starting right here with Rogue, by the time we get to... Force Awakens. Well, it really wouldn't be an alteration. It'd just be something that we did. Because, yeah, I, I, I'd like to just be able to use those uh, same blaster marks. Uh, you know, that same effect on every damned stormtrooper and uh, every damned rebel or resistance fighter that's ever been hit or hell anyone else you know that's ever had a, a moment where they were even slightly scorched by a uh, blaster you know uh, give them those uh, sweet little burn marks okay because that actually looks pretty badass as they get torn to shreds one by one. But any $2 whore. So yeah, Han and Leia, Ren having too much Vader in him, even though he's nothing like Vader. Oh, well, at least I said that at the beginning of uh, this little adventure of ours. But now that I've gone and run down the prequels and been reminded it, just how much of a whiny little bitch Anakin was. Maybe I was wrong on that, but yeah. You know, you have that. Uh, the bromance between Finn and Poe. The, the reveal of R2. Manned one last time by the incomparable Kenny Baker. And uh, blah, blah, blah. 
yackety-schmackety, a little bit of here and there filler, and whatever, because they better hurry the fuck up and get to figuring out how to take out that super weapon. And luckily, it just so happens that Finn may have the answer to all their little problems, because, as I said, before the battle on Jakku, Finn would have had to go through some sort of training, right? Exactly. I mean, all, all troops do. Especially when uh, those troops uh, have their first assignment as being nothing more than the janitor on, on a ship. Which is exactly what he was. You know, he, he was basically... <laughs> the cleaning lady of the ship that they're getting ready to take out. So, as I've said about a great many things before, wouldn't you know who won the damned pony? I mean, isn't it just a fucking stroke of luck? But, ah, shit. Finn better smarten them up real damned quick if they're about to save Ray and themselves, because, <laughs> yeah, the ship's being powered up, <laughs> and Ray is in the midst of getting interrogated by Ren, <laughs> and for someone who's actually saw this fucker, we all know what <laughs> he's capable of after having seen him do the same to Poe at the beginning of it all, but the most frightening thing that he does here is take off his helmet in order to unveil his great head of hair and his abnormally large schnoz. But outside of that, he looks uh, into her mind and there seems to be able to uh, see a slight bit of emotion in his eyes for some reason. But that's what we see. <laughs> what what he sees is, well, little more is revealed in this scene, other than maybe Ray becoming stronger in the Force, as she pretty much kind of reverses things on him, and yeah, he sees very uh, little in her mind, but. He's surprised when she can look into his. And then she cons a, a stormtrooper into setting her free. And so, you know, with, with, with so little happening in the scene, fuck it. But as Ren kicks it up a notch before becoming frustrated and leaving as he... Spends all that time inside her mind, you know, with all the pressure that she must have been feeling. And eh, all the pressure that he had to be uh, exerting when it comes to squeezing that little mind uh, for all that it's worth. Shit. Truth be told, if Poe was looking a little worse for wear earlier... I would have given her, oh hell, 
I would have made her uh, hair disheveled, yeah, some bleeding out the ears and the nose, and even the mouth. You know, really just do it up. You know, cause, yeah, I, I would have tried to do something that <laughs> the WW <coughs> has forgotten how to do nowadays, and that is that. I would have sold the injury, just a tad, to make it <laughs> believable. But then, uh, well, I suppose that, eh, much like a lot of these things, it really doesn't matter now, does it? Because she's trying to make her escape, and upon realizing that Ren's uh, going eh, straight in uh, nose first, <laughs> into one of his little hissy fits again. <laughs> She's trying to make her escape, but no time to try and hit home just how moronic her <laughs> going about it really is. Because the First Order begins to charge their weapon, as I said a few minutes ago. And the Resistance, <laughs> well, knowing that they're likely the eh, the first kick in the pants that the First Order is about to dish out. Well, they know that they need to rush into action ASAP. And finally, about that time, just as we start to ponder what sort of aging cream Admiral Akbar has been using this whole time as we see him uh, one more time again. It's about that time that Finn pinpoints for everyone within his earshot the supposed exact source of uh, the space station's weakness. An oscillator. Or so he thinks. <laughs> Which... Uh, Basically, what that means is the space station's weakness <laughs> is, yet again, a central or semi-central point of reference <laughs> that they can use to, eh, well, if they blow that up, the whole damn thing will implode on itself. So, luckily... In these 30 years, that means that the damned uh, Empire, or the First Order as it is now, hasn't learned a damn thing. And that's, uh, that's at least saying so, uh, if Finn is right. Because he only thinks and assumes, <laughs> and is at least pretty sure that... The oscillator will do the job, because, yeah, like I said, he's he's been uh, pretty much the handyman for the, the Empire this whole damn time. But, you know, uh, that, that's something that they could have probably put to use if, if knowing that uh, sort of thing yesterday. But it won't do them one damn bit of good 
after Hans already said that he and Finn will volunteer for the job of going in and trying to take out uh, something that will help the shields of the base be disabled so that Poe and them can go in and try to take out the oscillator. And once on the planet, <laughs> well, that is when Finn decides to let slip what his previous job had been. You know, a little more than sanitation. Which really just means that the whole damned fate of pretty much the whole fucking galaxy rests on the uh, knowledge of, well, the uh, plumber of the station, I guess, or the garbage man, or uh, all these things in one, you know, <laughs> survival of the Jedi and the Resistance and, well, possibly even humanity altogether. Well, it all <laughs> rests in uh, Finn's hands, so, yeah. But they finally meet up with Rey after forcing Captain Phasma, who uh, we only get a glimpse of at the beginning, and we hear her voice for a second, because, yeah, finally, after all this time, we get to see that I guess there is more than only about half a dozen females throughout the whole galaxy. So, that's nice to know. But they get her to dismantle the shields. And then, at long last, in a gut-wrenchingly uh, sad moment, Han, yeah, I, I've pinpointed a few moments when they could or shouldn't have let the whole reveal come to pass, but it's only now that Han gets the chance to confront his son right there on a, a damned walkway of a bridge. And, you know, if you didn't use one of the moments that I mentioned before, the only other option is don't mention any sort of family ties to anything about Benny Rennie until this moment, okay? So, yeah. And I say gut-wrenching, because, as I said before, if you didn't already know this, SPOILER ALERT! Rennie Poo slices through his old man like a hot knife through butter, right before said butter is then spread on that uh, moldy bread that Ray was eating earlier, or like a hot lightsaber through butter, as butter is then spread. Oh, you get the point. And Han then proceeds to fall into a cavern of some sort and out of our sight for what we fear uh, to be absolutely forever, which, uh, that sucks. But thank goodness that uh, 
he's had just enough time to help Chewie place a few bombs. And he had the good fortune of having given Chewie the detonator, because had he kept that fucking thing for himself, only to have it disappear with him after his son offs him. Well, that would have been unfortunate. And there would have been a lot of people cursing out his name as the Order takes aim at their respective planets. You know? But, yeah. He goes down. Bombs go boom. And everyone makes their escape from the planet as the the planet begins to crumble in on itself uh, shortly thereafter, as the weapon is then destroyed. But before that happens, we get just enough time for a final showdown, for now at least, between both Ren and Finn, and then Ren and Rey. And let me tell you, that little ditty between Ren and Ray. <laughs> oh shit. What a matchup. Because by the end of it, Ray is gone and laid her lightsaber right into Ren. And like a good pussy tends to do, oh shit. It fucks his whole world up. But like bad pussy, that's only because. He now has to probably wear that mask and more armor in order to hide his shame as he does the walk of shame for the rest of his damn days. Because, yeah, that pussy may be stank and smelling, but what can Ren do? You know, I mean, he's already put a ring on it. So, he's screwed, but... Yeah. Snoke commands Hux to retrieve Kylo's ravaged remains. As much like, well, the morning after uh, any night of good loving that I've ever had, uh, Ren just kind of lays there on his back, unable to move. Possibly leaving uh, some sort of imprint of his body right there in the snow. Uh, kind of like when I get out of bed and I can still see the uh, outline of my whole big-ass body in that memory foam. But yeah, as the pilots figure their mission to be complete and uh, head home with our heroes on the Falcon, uh, close behind the as the planet goes, bye-bye. Well, once back at the Resistance base, Chewie goes to watch over uh, those who are now aiding Finn and tending to his wounds, much like Finn did for Chewie. And Poe goes off to do whatever the fuck. And the uh, newly widowed Mrs. Solo... Huh? warmly embraces our heroine. And just like the night of the ceremony in which she gave Luke and Han medals, she she pretty much uh, ignores Chewie all over again. But 
Even so, finally, all is right with the world. For now. So, right about now, and with just over 15 minutes left of this flick, now would be a hell of a time to uh, have uh, a non-functional R2 wake the fuck up and tell everyone that, shit, he's got the rest of the damned map for them to locate Luke. So, ain't that cool? Because I'll be damned if that ain't exactly what happens. So I guess <laughs> that's just fine and dandy. But what the hell, because then, out of everyone there, those in charge decide that, eh, for one reason or another, that makes no sense at all, at all, at all, at all. It seems like the right move to send Ray to go eh, looking for and to uh, go get Luke, you know? And while that sort of reasoning hurts my heart and my brain in some sort of horrific one-two punch, that's exactly what they do. Because in no time, Ray makes her way to a planet by the name of Esh2. And I'll go ahead and spare you the cheesy uh, sneeze joke this time, because... I didn't exactly do that a year ago, but yeah, the planet's name is H2, so whatever. But she touches down on the water-ridden planet on pretty much the only piece of land on the whole damn thing, and begins to climb. It's a mountainous terrain, and once there, oh shit. Wouldn't you know it, there's old Luke, so I'll be fucked. <laughs> and as he turns around, uh, saying nothing, and staring uh, uh, pretty ominously, and glaring at uh, the all-too-familiar lightsaber that Ray has just pulled out of her satchel. And before you get any dirty ideas... I do mean out of her bag, okay? But, you know, pan wide, circle around uh, once or twice, and that's the end, folks. That's all there is to it. So, uh, don't you just feel gypped, because, well, let's see here, seven episodes, uh, uh, one every oh, two weeks. That's 14 weeks that you've been listening. I, I'd like to say sorry, but I'm not gonna, because it's been a hell of a ride. But if if you have anything that uh, you want done to this movie, again, tweet me, find me, uh, find the Fickle Fanboy uh, Instagram, or even its Facebook page, and uh, let me know what you think should be done to the movie, other than burning it or shitting on it because we need to rebuild this fucker but uh, with all the rebuilding that I've already done really I, those tweaks 
along with the tweaks that I've already given in all the other movies, might make this one more bearable. And I, I, I can't really go into many tweaks because I don't know what the rest of this ride will have for us. So I guess we just have to wait and see. But, yeah. Which, you know, just sucks. Because we've got to wait all that fucking time. And shit. That just sucks. But as we see the credits roll, and we wonder if this wouldn't have ended better if they'd just gone and done a spit take and uh, played some sort of corny country banjo music in the background. Like uh, some sort of comical Dukes of Hazard episode. You know... If we begin to wonder if that wouldn't have been a, a more befitting ending, thank the Force and everything involved in it, we don't have to wait nearly as long for a new episode of The Fickle Fanboy as we do for uh, Episode 8. Because, you know, I'm sorry. This, this is the end of the season. Eh, but, you know... Tis the season, because I'm I'm taking a, a break for the holidays, and you should too. And just I don't know, get a hot toddy or get uh, some eggnog, alcoholic eggnog. Not uh, screw that non-alcoholic shit, but yeah, and just cozy up. You know, enjoy the holidays, enjoy the uh, Christmas story marathon. In fact, now that I think about it, don't just get one eggnog or one hot toddy. Get about a dozen. And just <laughs> get nog-faced, okay? But enjoy that shit and, well, I'll be back. You know, I'll be back shortly after the new year. Probably, oh shit, I don't know. Hell, well... How about January fourteenth? Uh, you know, how, how does that sound? Good. Okay. Good. Good. Yeah. Um, but I'll be back. Uh, I I wouldn't just leave you hanging like that. But until then, please head on over to the the show's Patreon page and uh, show your support. And if you want to talk before I get back this way, <laughs> re rewind a while and catch where I mentioned my Twitter handle and in any of the other episodes that you'll obviously want to get uh, caught back up on, you'll find my uh, Instagram and uh, my Facebook and all sorts of fun shit. So find me. Tweet me till it hurts. Bring me questions, comments, arguments about fandom movies, comic books, comic book movies, and even wrestling. And if if I get enough of that shit, <laughs> I'll start to, to figure out what the hell to do with season two. And if, if you just continue to stay silent, I've got a damned uh, pretty good idea. Involving that fun-loving bunch of 
comic book fuckheads, <laughs> no one is Section 8. You know, and we're imagining how if they ever wanted to do a movie involving those characters. Just exactly how to go about that. But I guess I'll have to wait for that, and so will you. Because for now, <laughs> thanks to everybody who... <laughs> had anything to do with season one. Uh, I mean, the PDC, Potter and Family, uh, Gravity Beard Podcast, Long Coat Mafia, my friends at uh, the Fatitude Era, hell, even all my uh, Instagram and uh, Facebook and Twitter followers. Whether it be, uh, I don't know, uh, Juliet Landau or Rob Paulson or uh, shit. I've got uh, people on there that I, I can't imagine uh, ever being bored enough to follow me. I mean, that that's how crazy it is. And... It's definitely damned humbling, so thank you for everything. But until uh, season two, uh, pum pum I'll be seeing you. RPM over and out.